strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! So most weeks during the season, Ron Wolfley, the Cardinals' social media team sets up a camera and they have a question ready for the players as they come off the practice field. I've seen it, Paulie. Cards cam. This week's question, favorite football movie? And the answers range from Remember the Titans to Waterboy, Friday Night Lights, which is absolutely the best football movie ever. Don't at me. L.J. Collier was on the Big Red Rage last week. He brought up Any Given Sunday, right? May Calvisi Consulting in the Pauly Pigskin Division. May we suggest that Hollywood makes a movie out of the Dennis Gardak story. <laughs> I mean, from Tiny Sioux Falls to NFL Team Captain to then morphing again into your nickname, Gardak the Barbarian on week one, and he earns himself a spot. On the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, we are Santan Ford. Paul, you got to ask one question right now. What is good, Gardeck? We will ask. To crush the enemy, that's what's good. Guess what? You're going to have a lot of time to ask a lot of questions coming up on this edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. So, Dennis Gardeck, a very special guest. And it was a special performance by the Cardinals defense in a lot of ways. We'll get into it in depth. But it was a close game the Cardinals led in the fourth quarter. I think shocked a lot of the naysayers out there across the country that they kept it close on the road in a building that was definitely lit. It was sold out. Uh, I've heard different people on the Washington side say that was the most energy, the most volume they've heard in that stadium in many years. Cardinals came out, and um, look, they did the most with what they could on the offensive side. In fact, Josh Dobbs and company, um, you knew it was going to be a challenge. And you heard what he said after the game, Wolf. Let's just get right to it, where he said, I think a big jump is in store. Is that realistic? No, I think that is realistic, Paulie. It really is, because Josh Dobbs, once again, what he went through, you know, it's well documented, Paul. I think it was 17 days he was with the team before the, the first start, and I think he had nine practices, if I'm not mistaken right now. I, getting to know your teammates and, and just getting to know the scheme and going out there and the flow of the game. Look, I, we all know the reasons, and they are reasons. They're not excuses. They're reasons why. Josh Dobbs may have gone out there and looked like he was struggling a little bit to throw the ball. We we can we can clearly see the reasons why. And because of that, Paul, I think another week of being in this system, another week of being around his teammates, another week 
of saying, okay, now we've broken the ice. I really do believe that Josh Dobbs is going to play much better this time around. I'll be stunned if he doesn't. NFL Network, all week they've been talking about how, and I'm quoting them now, uh, the morning show, et cetera, saying week one is a liar. That's their yes. saying about the NFL. And look, if you if you look around the league, and I know the moniker on the NFL has been, oh, it's a passing league. Well, 19 of the 32 teams had less than 200 yards passing as a team. And the last time that happened was week three, 2008. So a lot of the passing numbers, a lot of the scoring totals were down in a large way across the league. Now, Cardinals have their own challenge with a brand-new quarterback, and we'll get into the offense a little bit. But here's Josh Dobbs meeting the media this week, and he was asked uh, basically that same question. Was it, what does it look like now versus then? You know, sometimes in the game, like, that was the first time throwing that route to that guy full speed just by the nature of the situation. But, you know, it's going to continue to grow. You know, I feel like from where we were last Wednesday to this Wednesday, it's like night and day just – understanding each other, understanding the flow and the rhythm of the offense. And so it'll just continue to grow as we get more time and more um, time on task on the field. Some of the stats that stood out, negative plays, 14 of the 58 plays run went for negative yardage. Jonathan Gannon cited that. He cited third down too often. They were in third and long. Cardinals went 4-14, 0-2 in the red zone, 211 total yards. You know, Zach Ertz was pretty blunt after the game. He said, this should be the worst performance we have as an offense, meaning it's only going to improve from here once we get more time with this quarterback, Josh Dobbs. That's absolutely right, Polly. I, I totally agree with what um, Zach Ertz said after the game. Can I just tell you right now, um, Josh Dobbs has got to protect the ball better. If there's one thing I want from Josh Dobbs, I want him to protect the ball better. Three times he put the ball on the ground, of course. Two of them, the Arizona Cardinals lost when he fumbled. And three times, there were three drops by the commander's defense as well. And now look, again, we know all the reasons why that happened, but it can't happen in this game here because if that happens again where you expose the ball the amount of times that Josh Dobbs did to a possible turnover, that's not going to go well for the Cardinals. He's got to protect the ball above all else. You know, I'm as guilty as anyone of forgetting that, although it's year seven, that was his third career start. He doesn't have a lot of experience, just his ninth NFL game overall. So I am curious to see what he looks like. For example, you go to the end of last season where he had those two starts, the first two starts of his career to finish the year off for the Titans where he's brand new in that situation as well, obviously. The second start was a lot better than the first start. So I'm wondering if he's using that as the basis for his proclamation after the game where he said, quote, I think a huge jump is in store. We'll see about that. Jonathan Gannon was asked about, okay, um, what was holding the offense back at Washington? The negative yardage plays, you know, and that kind of set us back on some things. And you're playing the game in third and long all day. It's it's tough, you know. It's a That's a good defense, and they execute well, and they give you a lot of different things. Um, so I think to help ourselves out, we got to eliminate some of the negative yardage plays. Obviously, the two turnovers, you want to turn the ball over. Look, Jonathan Gannon has a saying, adapt or die meaning you need to be what you can be to beat your opponent each and every week. So I, I think a big question too, Wolf, is if you're talking about the offensive identity, um, how much of last week was just sort of an anomaly because you were trying to go horizontal, sideline to sideline to wear out what could be the best defensive front you'll face all year? 
Right, Paulie, and that was it right there. That, that to me, I, I don't think they crammed the ball vertical enough, and I wonder if they regret that a little bit this week right now. I don't think that's going to be the case coming up this week right here. Offensively, they're going to have to pound the rock, Paulie. This is, this is key for the Arizona Cardinals against the New York Giants in week number two. They're going to have to pound the rock. James Conner, to me, was the most important name on the Cards injury report this week. I saw that. Listen, the Giants struggled to stop the run in 2022 and the Cowboys were able to run the ball on them last week. The Giants were number 27 and number 31 in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play respectively. They need James Conner to be healthy. They need that offensive line to be coming off the ball and they need to run the ball in a more north-south fashion. And I think they will, Paul. I'm sure of it as a matter of fact there's losing 20 to 16 at washington there's losing 40 to nothing in your opener at home where you were getting booed by giants fans before halftime things got sideways in a hurry there were two non-offensive touchdowns to start that game and then dallas just started going after i mean they just went hunting pinned their ears back they had seven sacks they had 12 quarterback hits so that was all part of that beatdown in week one but for the cardinals going against that wink martindale defense to your point, not only do I believe they will put more of an emphasis on running the ball, but Wink Martindale is known for man cover. And so, I just, for example, Zach Ertz got 10 targets and Marquise Hollywood-Brown got five. I'd like yeah. to see the Cardinals flip that. You try and get that downfield passing attack going and maybe take advantage of the speed, this, the elite speed by Hollywood-Brown, especially against some inexperienced rookie corners the Giants are going to run out there. Yeah, boy, I'm really glad to hear you say that, Paulie. That is right on the money right there because that's exactly what they need to do. It's not like um, the New York Giants secondary are a bunch of ball hawks. As a matter of fact, in 2022, they were number 31 in interception rate in the National Football League. Paul, there's only 32 teams. They were number 31 right there. They're not going to turn you over on a regular basis right now. So uh, I think, yes, you can take some shots down the field, and I think you have to. And that was one of the things that I was a little disappointed in last week as well. I, I don't think we saw as many shots down the field, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was more of a horizontal game plan than it was vertical. And one thing Jonathan Gannon did say after the game in Washington, his postgame presser, he said the ball needs to come out quicker. Talking about Josh Dobbs, and you know, makes you wonder. Okay, here he is. He's got two weeks in the system. His third career start. To what degree might he have been buffering at quarterback? To use that Josh Rosen term, and how much better could it be this week? How much more decisive could he be trying to get the ball to some of these receivers and targets downfield? Oh, it's not even close. It really is not. Again, to to be able to go out on the field in week one and do it live where guys are going full speed. <laughs> I'm just stunned. I mean, think about it. He, he didn't have any full speed practices with the Arizona Cardinals. It wasn't like they were going live. They weren't going live. His first live appearance with this team is literally in week one. It, to me, um, it was really an amazing performance when you consider all things. And hopefully, Josh Dobbs is only going to get better this week. 
We talk about how September is the new August in the NFL. Most definitely the case for Josh Dobbs. He's still trying to get his feet under him. Episode 63 of the Dave Pash Podcast. Don't miss it. Legendary broadcaster Kevin Harlan. Just follow along on Twitter at PashPod. We continue Dennis Gardeck coming up on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Good physical start for the Cardinals. That is a mentality, and I love it. The Cardinals' physicality is triggered some big plays. Cardinals again after the play, pushing and shoving. A message has been sent, though. What is that message, David? That message is, uh, we will fight you. Froholt was in there throwing hands. You like that, Wolf? Yeah, you got that right. That's all I get, Wolf? Yes. Froholt, throwing hands? Give me a little love on that. Love that. Nice. I think if you look closely, you can see somebody's lip on the 26-yard <laughs> line. Oh, my goodness. Look at the mentality that is starting to form right here. One thing's for sure. This is a team that's going to be physical. Yeah, the message sent was, get off me. <laughs> that was the message sent. It was sent early. Kaiser White and everyone in that locker room, including Kaiser himself earlier today, agreed. The big hit on Sam Howell did set a tone. Now, you don't want the personal foul. You would have been satisfied with maybe that personal foul. You didn't need the three afterwards. You didn't need the three subsequent 15-yard penalties. But I think that was an an announcement, a proclamation of sorts, that the Cardinals' defense is much different, maybe much more physical than we saw a year ago. And coming up in a little bit, we'll talk to one of the stars of that defense. Dennis Gardeck joins us on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Ron Wolfley, give me your thoughts just on what you saw, big takeaways from the Big Red D. Yeah, Paulie, you know what? I mean, to have the personal foul penalties right there, as you said, and you said it so well, you don't want that. Of course you don't want that. But um, it definitely did send a tone. But what really encouraged me is how they played the rest of the game. (laughs) You know, it wasn't they were were out there taking cheap shots on everybody, which they weren't. Once again, to me, those two personal foul, those first two personal foul penalties were not personal fouls. They were not. Um, and yet in today's NFL, that's what's going to happen. You're going to get hit with stuff like that. I love the fact they followed it up with six sacks against the commanders. Six sacks, and not only that, but a 3.3 average in terms of them running the ball. To me, that was the most impressive thing. When you want to talk about physicality, I'm not talking about the big hits that happened out there. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the the mundane first and ten, run the ball in between the tackles. How did you do then? Were you physical then? Man, they were physical then. And that's what gets me really jacked up because guess what, Paulie? We saw that in the preseason. We saw the starting defensive line be very, very physical. Their gap integrity very sound across the board. We saw that in preseason. And there was a big difference in the first team and the second team when they were out there, that second front seven as opposed to that first team front seven so i'm encouraged with that we'll see how it goes see you say gap integrity i say aha because it's what we didn't see it's what we didn't hear we didn't hear one player after the game lament oh there was a lack of gap integrity that did not happen we didn't hear anyone say they weren't physical enough we didn't hear anyone say oh there was an energy drought for a certain you know portion of the game and we gave up all these unnecessary yards so I think when you're talking about the identity of this Cardinals defense, there was a lot to hang your hat on. And a lot of it is stuff you can control, your effort, your intensity. 
right? Yeah. Just the, the lack of mental errors, being at the right place at the right time. I had a couple guys tell me in the locker room, Wolf, today, that it's a small thing to maybe the fans, but it's a big thing to the 11 guys on defense when a Kaiser White is making the play call early so everyone can get set. So you're not scrambling right before the snap of the ball, but everyone's set and they can actually get their eyes right. And there was a lot more of that. They were more sound in that regard on defense. And, and that showed up. When you think about it, they had a half dozen sacks. They had three takeaways. They had seven passes defense. They had six tackles for loss. And oh, by the way, the only touchdown scored by the Cardinals was by the defense. Yeah, right. Let's not forget that right there. It's interesting what you just said about Kaiser White, though, and getting the call out quickly. Um, obviously, he's been in this system. He knows this system very, very well. It's one of the big reasons why JG and Nick Rollis brought him in here, and he's getting that call out very quickly. That, to me, Paulie, is really, really cool, too, because what happens is on some calls, guys are like, the, hey, what what do I do on this again? What? Exactly. And, and you know what, Paulie? Yep. Kaiser is the type of guy where he knows that. He knows it like the D.C. knows it. He knows it like Nick Rollis knows it. So he can tell the guy what it is he's actually doing right there. That, man, having another coach out on the field is critical. And so if you're saying to yourself, man, the Cardinals' defense looks fast, because that's what a number of Giants have been quoted as saying in New York when looking at the game film of Cardinals in Washington. Man, that is a fast, aggressive defense. Well, you can only play fast if you're thinking fast. And how many guys were talking in the offseason about playing free, more free in this JG system? Because maybe there aren't just as many checks or as many you know, aspects of the playbook you have to memorize. So there's some basics. You learn those, and then you react accordingly. You use your instincts, your sound, and your assignments. And then, of course, you bring the physicality, and Buda Baker was talking about that today. I like to always think of all of us as dogs. You know, all of us are going to um, not – you know, let up explosives, a team that's going to run to the ball, uh, DBs that are going to hit. Um, you can't just get in those condensed formations to have the corners tackle because corners are going to come downhill and try to, you know, hit that outside thigh board. So um, just a very physical team that, you know, knows exactly what to do. And by the way, if pro football focus is correct, they did the analytics. There were, you can count the number of missed tackles in week one on one hand by the Cardinals. So the tackling was sound. And by the way, as far as the dogs goes, if you notice they're wearing these t-shirts during practice, right, with dog written on it and this logo, we found out today Zach Pascal was responsible for that. And it's actually in honor of a friend of his who was battling cancer, and then he decided to give them to every member of the team. So they've been wearing those. They've been trying to, you know, actually live up to that sort of moniker. Here's the other thing that was interesting, I don't know if you saw this, Wolf, is that the Cardinals had the second highest pressure rate in terms of getting to the quarterback, getting into the backfield, 51% behind only Dallas and how they just ripped the Giants. But their blitz rate was less than 8%. Yes. The lowest in the league. That's right, Paulie. That's so, it right there. So isn't that a lot like the sort of approach that Jonathan Gannett took last year with the Eagles, right? Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. He did not come after the quarterback as much as Eagle fans wanted him to do that. And yeah, once again, that is a hallmark right now of JG, and we'll see if that expands a little bit. And I think that eventually it will in terms of coming after the quarterback. Let me just say this quickly, Paulie, because you brought up the Giants talking about the Cardinals' defense and how fast they look. Listen to this. This is interesting. Wink Martindale's 
Wink Martindale is the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants. He said this, quote, I've always said this philosophically. If you have a fast Mike linebacker, then you have a fast defense. Mm. And he's really fast. Now, he was talking about his own Mike linebacker. But I was thinking of Kaiser White as well, right? Kaiser White and just how fast he really is. And it's not just him. It's everybody else. But Wink Martindale went on to say a lot of his success, meaning the Mike linebacker, will depend on how we play up front. And we have seen improvement there as well. That is the key to the Arizona Cardinals defense and what we have seen up front. The improvement of their defense is because how that defensive line has played. Really interesting. Think about it. The Cardinals tried to draft that guy twice in two years. And Isaiah yes. Simmons and Zayvon Collins. I mean, there's no lack of investment in trying to find that guy at the epicenter of your defense, that Mike linebacker. And we talked to Kaiser White earlier this year on the Big Red Rage, and he said his best year in the NFL, in his opinion, was the one year he did play Mike linebacker for the Chargers. <laughs> and then he went to the Eagles, and they had a great Mike linebacker, and he had to go to Will, and he was kind of a backup for time. So he's looking forward to everything he has seen in this defense and being that guy, the reason why he was named a captain. I can't tell you how many guys cited him in the locker room as a big key to this defense. Not, I mean, in terms of the mentals and right. in terms of the physical nature that he brings to the game. And, Paulie, this is going to be critical against the Giants, of course, because the New York Giants are going to come in here, and you, would you say they're going to be a little upset, Paul? They're, they're going to be a little put out. If, with If not, they're going to have a losing season. <laughs> with a 40 to nothing drumming. Uh, drubbing, I should say, at, at home right now. I think they're going to come in here and we're going to see a ton of Saquon Barkley. We're going to see the Giants line up and attack the line of scrimmage. We're going to see them come in here and say, we don't believe what we saw last week out of your defensive front. We're going to run the ball north-south right at you. That's what I expect to see the New York Giants come in here to do. And one of the big reasons why, they have to put Daniel Jones in a balanced offense. they got to get Saquon Barkley going to help Daniel Jones. Look, he had one carry, Saquon Barkley, in the second half because the game was such a rout. It was 26-0 at the half. The home team was getting booed by the Giants fans. So if you can take Saquon Barkley out of the game, you're going to win that game against the Giants because he's by far their biggest and best weapon on offense. You're talking about Daniel Jones. I know he got the big money four years, 160. Yeah. He only had 15 touchdown passes last year. That's, That's not what the Giants do. Yeah, the Giants number four and number five, respectfully, of course, in yards per game, rushing yards per game, and rushing yards per play. And by the way, the uh, quarterbacks the Cardinals face going forward, uh, they ramp up from a Sam Howell. When you think about a Daniel Jones, a Dak Prescott, a Brock Purdy, a Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, right, Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, that's who's next. You can get your tickets, azcardinals.com slash buy tickets to secure your seats today. Dennis Gardeck is next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Straight drop, looking, in trouble, hit and sack. Picked up by Gardeck and suplexed. And they're doing a party. It's a little dance. 
the strobe of Dennis Gardak right there. Straight drop, in trouble, being chased by Gardak, and he fumbles the ball, and it's picked up at the two-yard line, and it's a touchdown picked up by Cam Thomas after the forced fumble by Gardak, and Thomas is in for the touchdown, and the Cardinals have the lead. Knock the pig out of the barn, baby. We got a pig rolling on the ground. Touchdown! Caught at the 45 and drilled again. Dennis Gardek with the hit. Sometimes you're the meat stick, and sometimes you're the carnivore, and I think Dennis Gardek is picking Terry McLaurin out of his teeth. <laughs> All right, Dave laughed. I laughed down in the sideline. I'll, I'll give you props in that one, Wolf. That was very well done. You, you guys were regular season ready, but not quite to the caliber a game turned in. By Dennis Gardeck, our guest tonight. In fact, um, quoting a teammate a few hours ago in the locker room when he was asked for his favorite sack, the Cardinals defense had a half dozen, what was your favorite? And his answer was, and I'm quoting, oh, DG, my guy, that spin move was nasty. (laughs) That was Jonathan Ledbetter, by the way, about your spin move. Dennis Gardeck is our guest on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. So, what has your week been like? Thank you for the time because I know you've been in demand, have you not? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been, you know, it's that roller coaster that you got to kind of fight riding that that wave. Um, but it's been exciting and we're we're looking forward to another week of uh getting after the quarterback. You know what's amazing about this, Dennis, right now, 6 years. This is your 6th year. Wow. Are you blown away by that? Yeah, it's it's flying by. I don't feel like I've been in the league for <laughs> 6 years yet, but you know, I, I said earlier in the show that um, the cards cam this week, social media team sets up the camera with the question of the week, favorite football movie. I said, man, if things keep tracking like this, the Hollywood's going to make a movie out of your story. For those who aren't familiar, just, just tell them about where you play college football right before you were an undrafted guy, 2018. And how concerned were you at the very end? You weren't even going to make the team back in 18. Yeah. Um, coming out of Sioux Falls, I was only there for, for six months. I, I started at West Virginia State, transferred for that last year of ball, wanted to be around a winning culture. Uh, the NFL wasn't really on the radar, had a great season. And then kind of every step I took, it was like, all right, this is probably going to be the last one, so might as well make the most of it. You know, mini camp to training camp to my first year was just kind of all right, I'm going to keep taking that next step, wait, waiting for my, uh, my time to come. Dennis, on that note right there, I mean, if you were talking to a young guy right now, what kind of advice would you give him? If you've got a young guy that is trying to make it in the National Football League, and I guarantee you there's probably some people who already come to you and ask you this question, but what would you tell some young guy that is trying to make it in the NFL? What, what is the number one thing? you'd say to them. Yeah, so I kind of have two things that are my go-to answer. The first one is don't ride the roller coaster. The highs and lows of, oh, I made a great play, or oh, I'm on the team this week, or oh, whatever that high is, and oh, man, I made a a terrible play, or I'm going to get cut, or whatever that is. got to stay the consistent uh, player that you are, and then control what you can control. So focus on the things, the details of, of your assignment every day and every week, and everything else that's outside of your control, you got to let somebody else handle that. And look at you. Now you're a team captain. Again, again, but it's a new coaching staff. In fact, here's the head coach on Monday when asked about you coming off that game and what you bring to the team. Ultimate pro, one of our captains, you know, does a lot for us. We put a lot on his plate, and uh, he's a playmaker for us. He always has a good attitude. 
he's a team first guy all the time very knowledgeable and I value his opinion about certain things you know I talk to him a lot and I'm um, glad we have him how does that work with the new coaching staff do you were you a little reticent maybe to offer your opinion at first do they seek it out from you how do you go about that uh, yeah, it was a little uncomfortable at first just because the attention to detail and, and energy and ever, the, the focus that JG brought to the game is like, I've been viewed as a leader in the past. I wonder if, if what I have and what I can bring to the table is enough for what he's looking for at this next level because um, it was definitely a heightened sense of uh, accountability. Um, so being able to remain that, that leadership role was huge for me and, and really gratifying. What kind of questions does the head coach ask you? What time, What kind of question does JG come up and say, "Hey Dennis, you know, what do you think about this? Could you give us an example of one?" It, it could just be as small as like a schedule thing on like, "Hey, does this work with the guys?" Or is, "Where's the the pain points in our week?" Or "Where can we?" That, that's what I love about JG is the adaptability is incredible, mm. and we're not going to necessarily do what's easiest. We're going to do what's best. And so being able to to work with him in that component is is pretty neat. How would you describe the mood of the coaches this week? Um, we're we're the same in every week. It, it's it's a one and zero mentality. We're not letting last week dwell or linger into this week. Uh, we're focused on what we're doing, and it's a a consistent attention to detail, regardless of what happened last week. You know, Dennis, you got that sack, and suddenly it was Team Strobe. <laughs> All right, which I honestly thought it was one of the coolest things that I saw. Were you guys, had you guys worked on that? That that was unchoreographed right there. Are that, you it was, serious? It was awesome to see everybody hop in with it. That's what I love about this team and about this front seven especially is whoever's celebrating, we're all jumping in with it. <laughs> When Passion Wolf actually let me talk on the broadcast, I threw in. It looked like a Vegas line dance down there. It looked like a Vegas show because everyone jumped in on it. And, and if you missed it, he had two sacks, Dennis Gardeck, our guest. He had three quarterback hits. He had the tackle for loss. He had the forced fumble, which, oh, by the way, turned into a scoop and score for Cam Thomas. Here's a question. Is there a protocol with that? When a guy gets gifted a two-yard scoop and score for his first career touchdown, well, at least since – since high school, I mean, does he like owe you dinner? How does that work in the locker room? I don't think he owes me anything. So I, <laughs> I happen to land on a on a, a loose ball in the end zone my rookie year. So I've been there. That's his. I, I'm glad he's he's got that spotlight. Good. Boy, I love the fact that that team strobe was totally <laughs> organic. That yes. is so. Yeah. That is so cool to hear that, Dennis. Okay, are we going to see it again against the Giants and their offense? I sure hope so. Tell me about the New York Giants and what you see of the Giants on uh, tape. Uh, well, Daniel Jones is one thing that pops off the tape, how willing to run the ball he is. Uh, so that's something we have to consider up front. Um, and then obviously Saquon Barkley is, is going to be a tough tackle, so that's a, that's a gang tackle mentality. And then figuring out Waller's game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone – well, it was Jonathan Ledbetter as well, called him Saquad. The quads are so big, he's nicknamed Saquad. And I mean, if there's one guy who runs through contact and arm tackles, it's got to be Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So what does that mean for you? I mean, is, is there more of an en- emphasis on fundamental tackling, or are you just relying on getting you and a bunch of your friends to the ball? Yeah, it's, it's got to be a party at the ball. Um, everybody knows kind of we, everybody's needed, so it's uh, all hands on deck to get him down. 
What about last week when you think about the pressure you're able to bring against Sam Howell and the commanders right there? I, you know, it's something that i got to be honest with you, Dennis. I did not see that coming. I did not see six sacks coming. And, you know, at the same time, um, now you're getting ready to play a New York Giants team that they've had some issues. They had a hard time protecting Daniel Jones in week one. Now, all of a sudden, their offensive line is a little patchwork and banged up as well. When you look at them, do you think that coming into this game, you're going to be able to get the requisite pressure on Daniel Jones? Oh, I think so. And I think we owe a lot of that pressure that we saw last week to our secondary doing a great job with the disguises and stems and everything. Uh, it was really 11 people contributing to all of those pressures and stuff because the secondary did a great job for us. It's funny because I was talking to Buda Baker in the locker room. I asked him, all right, so how'd it go game one? He said, yeah, I didn't really do a whole bunch. Every time I dropped into coverage, mm-hmm. our front seven was getting home. He said, I, I loved it. He said, mm-hmm. I was ready to jump some passing lanes and I didn't really have a chance because you guys were. And here's what's interesting, and we talked about this earlier, Wolf. Next-gen stats say that the Cardinals had the second-highest pressure rate of any defense in week one, yet blitzed at the lowest rate of any defense, less than 8% of the time. So that's kudos to the front four, the front seven, isn't it? I think it's it's front and cover and cover and front working together, doing their jobs. So, Dennis, tell me, do you like the left defensive end or the right defensive end? If we're looking at it, if we're standing there and we're Buda Baker looking at the defense, do you like coming off the left side or the right side? As long as I'm out there, I think, I <laughs> think I'm okay. Yeah. You're not going to tell me. You're not, you, you don't have a preference. You don't like the mm-hmm. left side. Mostly like, I'm right-handed. I would like the right side. Okay? So you're, you're not going you, – you don't care. You just want to be out there. Here's the question because he, you got 28 snaps, and the snaps are really divvied up between almost a half dozen different guys coming off the edge. Mm-hmm. To what degree is that an advantage to everyone in the Cardinals' defense? Because – you're a much different body type and skill set than a Zayvon Collins, who's much different than a Victor Demukeji, who's much different than a B.J. Ojolari. To what degree did you guys have success? Because you're just running different guys at different times, and, and the old lineman can't lock on one certain type of pass rusher. Yeah, I think keeping them unsettled is a huge part of it, and everybody having their own brand of pass rush is another huge thing. And to kind of go into that right or left thing is I pass rush differently, and you kind of alluded to it, Wolf, on – I like that left side for my right arm to be in there thick, but my I might change my rushes up when it's my left arm that has to get in there. I might change the style up. So to be able to do that as one player and then also have a bunch of different players coming in there that are doing their own thing, they have no idea how to set each time we're on the field. Mm. De- Dennis, what do you think is your best move? What is your best pass rush? I'm not going to give any specific move. I think quicks. So we kind of break things down into like quicks, power rushes, counters is kind of how we categorize things throughout the week on this is what the O-line is good at and this is where we might think we are able to take advantage of that. I think my quick moves, so like a, a jab and a side scissors or a cross chop or a spin, I would all consider like a quick move. So those are kind of my wheelhouse. Was this something that was always innate with you, Dennis? Or, I mean, who actually, who helped you the most to become the edge guy that you are? Uh, I think talking with Chandler Jones really helped me. Um, I I rushed the quarterback in, in college, but it was more just speed rushes trying to beat 
offensive right. tackles off the ball. Being able to talk to Chandler and how he thinks about it is different. And so always having those conversations, being able to talk to DJ Humphreys too while I was a, a scout player and, hey, why did you sit like that on that? Or what am I tipping off? Or um, are you going to sit differently if my hips are pointed at you? Um, I think those two people, Chandler and DJ, kind of helped me mold my game and my thought process. Oh, that's cool. Dennis Gardeck is our guest. So to that degree, you go back to 2020, right? Your breakout season, you had seven sacks and 94 defensive snaps. How much more of a thinking man's pass rusher are you now versus then? So I think I think there's kind of an evolution of my pass rush game. Kind of went from hair on fire, no thinking, to almost now I'm trying to think and become that evolved pass rusher before I am. So I'm thinking too much. And now it's I have all these tools in my tool belt, and I'm able to pull out each one on the run. So I'm not trying to diagnose what my tools are. I know what they are, and I just need to know, hey, there's a, there's a screw. I got my screwdriver. There's a, a nail. There's my hammer. You know, just being able to pull those out, and, and the decisions are quicker now. So going so back to the spin move real quick, was the, how much of that was organic and how much of that was premeditated when you busted out the spin move to cause the fumble? So the spin move, I knew that I had Cam looping outside for me. So I knew I wasn't um, in danger of giving up contain or anything like that. Uh, This week or or last week, based on the way they were setting, I knew I didn't have to pick to get Cam free either. So it's just your best inside move, which I felt like was my spin move. You're such a great special teams player. And now you got 28 snaps, as Paulie said. On the defensive side of the ball, you're an integral piece of the defensive side of the ball, maybe situationally, but how does that impact your play on special teams? Yeah, it, it's definitely uh, finding that balance between special teams and defense, and I, I'm a teamer at core, so being able to be locked into all the meetings and everything and just, just waiting for Jeff Rogers to call my name, hey, I need you for this one or I need you for that one, I'm, I'm more than willing to run out there. Well, as you know, Wolf was a four-time Pro Bowler on special teams, right? That's how you earned the nickname, the Barbarian. Okay, was on special teams. You know, don't forget the DNA of your game there, Dennis. Absolutely. Appreciate you so much, buddy. And you still, unlike Larry Fitzgerald and the Japanese Fighting Fish, you actually do acknowledge the Barbarian as your nickname still, correct? Absolutely. Love it. It's so perfect. All right, Right Dennis. Dennis. Appreciate it. Well, look, Wolf, he's not going to answer it, but I'll say it. He had two sacks against the Giants in 2020, two sacks against the Jets. So we'll see what's coming against another reunion against the New York team on Sunday. Dennis Gardeck has been our guest. Back with more on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Cardinals are showing blitz as Tillman slips into the box and now steps back out. Four-man rush. Collins throws. Tillman intercepts it at the 50. Coming back to his right. Breaks a tackle. Still dancing around. Giving ground. And he's finally knocked down on the midfield strike. Cardinals have it on their second turnover. First and 10 at the 50. And Pat Tillman, that's why he's so special. That's why they wanted to keep him around. He just hides back there. He fakes the blitz. Drops back, they set up the picket fence. Collins never saw him. The interception by Pat Tillman is the first of the season for him and also the first of his career. How about that? 1999 at Sun Devil Stadium. Cardinals beat the Giants 14 to 3. You heard the comment there from John Missler about wanting to keep Pat Tillman around. Well, guess what? Initially you might have kept him around just because of everything he embodied. But eventually you kept him around because he had a 200-tackle season as one of your inside linebackers and a ridiculous playmaker. That Pat Tillman, who was a seventh-round draft pick the year before in 98, 
And in a week that included 9-11, we thought we'd honor Pat Tillman there with a series against the Giants that goes back to 1926, 129th meeting in this series. Ron Wolfley, that'll be on Sunday at State Farm Stadium. One of the most genuine and purest football players you will ever see on a football field, Pat Tillman. And you've had your battles against the Giants over the years. There's no doubt about it. We don't want to mention Carl Banks or Pepper Johnson. We don't have time for that. Let's talk about this 2023 team that lost 40 to nothing at home. Okay. And so, all right, um, you figure you're going to get their best shot. And then, of course, do you think, all right, wait a minute. They have a guy who's very familiar with the Cardinals up until three weeks ago by the name of Isaiah Simmons. And here's the head coach, Brian Dable, up there downloading info from the former Cardinal. I think anytime you get players that are other places, you ask them stuff. But, you know, I've been in the league a long time. You ask them stuff and you don't really, I mean, we got to take care of our business and make sure that we're prepared what we see. And if, you know, there's certain things we want to ask them, absolutely, whether it's a player or a scheme, you know, you, you try to uncover every stone you can. All right, so Isaiah Simmons, is it a factor or not in the outcome of this game? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. They're going to pick Isaiah Simmons' brain in regard to the schemes and some of the calls that are out there, maybe some of the buzzwords that they actually use for some of their checks. Yeah, they're definitely going to pick his brain on that one. But I think the biggest asset that Isaiah Simmons will be able to offer, at least in terms of game planning, I think is more to do with personnel, Paulie. You know, just his take on certain offensive linemen, whoever that may be, his take on James Conner, his his take on, you know, some of the wide receivers as well. He's he's going to be able to give them a little bit of insight right there. There's only so much the tape will eventually tell you. Um, when you can take your tape sessions and then back it up with somebody who's got intel, inside information, personally on those players, it really helps. There's a reason that the Giants traded for Isaiah Simmons. Most believe it's because Wink Martindale uses his, quote, positionless system. And, in fact, he told Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons to the media this week that he was told by Wink Martindale upon his arrival, the defensive coordinator, you know, don't worry about a position. Just <laughs> learn the concepts. So they list him at inside line at the will, okay? Yeah. 15 snaps last week, he had one tackle, so I don't know how much we're going to see him or in what role exactly. Uh, I, I will say that the bigger concern, I'm guessing, by the Cardinals offense would be Dexter Lawrence, the wrecking ball of a nose tackle, the all-pro who absolutely destroyed the Vikings in the playoff win last year. Um, what sort of priority is Dexter Lawrence up front? Yeah, Paulie, you know, once again, um, this is something the Cardinals are very familiar with based on what happened in week one, where you had Deron Payne, of course, and Jonathan Allen, two defensive tackles that are Pro Bowl defensive tackles. Now, of course, yeah, you've got the the same situation uh, up front with the New York Giants. But, you know, to me, again, um, you've got to hammer the ball north and south. And it was interesting because – I heard J.G. actually talking about the fact that maybe they should have done that a little bit more, kind of cram the ball a little bit more vertically. Uh, I think that, to me, is something that I fully expect. Dexter Lawrence is a great nose tackle. There's no denying that. But even with Dexter Lawrence up front, Try to remember, this is number 27 and number 31 in terms of stopping the run in yards per game and yards per play. 
New York struggled with that. As a matter of fact, if there's one thing the Giants struggled with more than anything offensively and defensively in 2022 last year, it was that, stopping the runs. So I, I think it'd be um, myopic to go into this game and say, you know what, no, they've got this great nose tackle. We're not going to run the ball. I think they're going to cram it vertical. <laughs> And you know what? We'll be there for it. We'll be cheering that on. There's no doubt about it. Now, flip it to the other side. For this Cardinals defense, what do you think is going to be most important? I mean, is one, two, and three stopping their running back, Saquon Barkley? Yeah, you know, I mean, that really is. I think the entire game plan, to some degree, hinges on the Cardinals and if they can stop the Giants from running the ball effectively, Paul. I I do. I I don't think you can overstate it. Um, Saquon Barkley was underserved last week because the Cowboys built such a sizable lead in the game. You don't want to be running the ball with Saquon Barkley. You're, that's death by a thousand cuts. Um, you know what? Unless the Arizona Cardinals come out this week and they have a hard time stopping Saquon Barkley, um, you know, uh, it's going to be problematic, Paul. It really is. I think that's got to be number one, and I think that's what they're going to do because you know Daniel Jones has got to be in a balanced offense. He can't be one-dimensional. He's got to be in a balanced offense, and that's why I think the entire key to the game for the Cardinals hinges on them stopping Saquon Barkley. And if they do, and they force third and long, that Giants offensive line can be a liability. They allowed yes. seven sacks, 12 quarterback hits. Dallas generated pressure on 23 of 37 dropbacks. That's the fourth highest pressure rate in a game since 2019. Now remember, Dallas is really, really good at getting yes. after the quarterback. But no doubt. still. And they took that early lead, two-score lead, and it was just pin our ears back. We don't have to worry about the run. Right. We're just getting straight to the quarterback. So we'll see how that all plays out. It is Sunday, azcardinals.com slash buy tickets for the entire home schedule. Special thanks, Jim Omohundra, Cody Fincher, Lauren Colville. For Dennis Gardak as well, Ron Wolfley, yours truly, Paul Calvisi. It's been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.